They're coming. They're coming your way. They'll be here soon. My name is Josh Kirby. I was just your average ninth grader. My biggest problem was getting good grades. And my idea of excitement was racing my bicycle. Yes! I never thought time would catch up with me. I couldn't have imagined. But hundreds of years from now, mankind would invent the nullifier. A device capable of controlling or destroying the universe. Man, I really liked Spike Spiegel as weird, gross time baby in uh, Josh Kirby, Incel Warrior from the 34th century. Incel Warrior from the 34th century. Uh, yeah, I mean, Spike Spiegel, Mr. Bebop, his name. That's yes. his name, Bebop. Uh-huh, uh-huh, Mr. Bebop, uh, yeah. he, w- he was also in Bebop Rock Vegas, so we have a lot of familiarity with Mr. Bebop here. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Just to give you the most horrifying part of this immediately, Steve Bloom was the weird time baby. <laughs> he was Prism. Wait, I thought you were joking. No, no, I'm not joking at all. Welcome to Rough Cuts. <laughs> I need to process that. I can't know. This is our podcast where, hi, I'm your host, Ilian. Uh, this is my co-host who is currently going through a range of emotions, Boyks. Uh, I, and uh, yeah. we, we watch bad dog movies every week for your entertainment, and then immediately record our reactions afterwards, like two middle-aged white guys would do. (laughs) (laughs) If there's anything that people need to hear more of, it's two white guys on a podcast. Talking about some bad movies. Yeah. Yeah, and solving racism. Yeah. Well, we were bullied in high school. (laughs) Fucking hell. God damn it. You're very, you're very wise, Josh Kirby. You're very wise beyond your years, Josh Kirby, time traveler. <laughs> Unlike oh. me, uh, oh Jesus, okay, uh, okay, Josh we'll Kirby, Josh Kirby, time warrior. We'll get to that in a second. But anyway, this is rough cuts. Uh-huh. Uh, as was introduced, we watch movies, we rate the dogs. That's the gimmick. Uh, this movie has a dog. But yeah. it, it wasn't the way I thought it was when we picked it. Yeah. 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 This, this, I, I was this, with you on it. Yeah. This particular movie is called Josh Kirby Time Warrior, The Human Pets, volume two of the Josh Kirby Time Warrior saga. Which we didn't realize at first until we yeah. we clicked on the first one and then saw it because... You have a list in, like, your Amazon mm-hmm. Prime and stuff. Like, you have a bunch of suggested videos, and they just kind of keep spawning more and more suggested videos <laughs> that are all yes. horrible garbage. And then sometimes we get sent-in suggestions and things like that, or we look stuff up. But uh, this was one where the covers are fucked up wild. They're so cool. It's like 80s fantasy, like, novel covers yes. is what it is. Yeah, they're they're very pulp. They're very very pulp science fiction covers, mm-hmm. and it, they're a lot of fun for that. They they've got a bit of that like I mean, this has a lot in connection with animorphs in like style and tone and time period. Yes. Um, but and hairstyles and flannel. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Very much so. So we didn't realize that it was a series, but it was Josh Kirby Time Warrior in Human Pets? Volume 2, yes. Um, so this takes place right after Volume 1, literally, in, uh-huh. in that they need to give us five minutes of recap of the 90 minutes that happened in Volume 1. And, and this, oh, it opens up so wild. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is about our choice for this, though, is we thought mm-hmm. Human Pets, okay, Josh Kirby's the dog. There we go. Like, yes. it's going to be in an... Because it's synopsis is like, oh, there's an alien zoo. An alien zoo for humans. Yes. And I was like, like, like okay, that Futurama this... episode. Yeah. Like, this is weird. Sure. Let's grab... I mean, that's like... That's been done a lot. The human zoo is a thing that's been done a lot. So we're like, okay, yeah, we could do... We could do a human zoo thing. That's funny. That'll be a dog. And then there... It's not that. And also, it's a series... And also, it like you said, it starts in, it drops like what feels like 
five hours worth of plot. Like, there's like five <laughs> seasons worth of stuff that we've missed. Is in a couple minutes. Like. Yeah, in like yeah. five minutes. And we're like, wait, this is chapter two. <laughs> They're yeah, all this dense. I got the exact feeling of cutting in in the middle of a Dragon Ball Z, like, arc. Mm-hmm. And not knowing what the fuck happened before. And never catching the end. <laughs> yep, yep. Starting the Boo Saga for the 30th time because you could only catch... you Every time you go on YTV yeah. in Canada, it's like, ah, oh, goddammit, it's playing those episodes again. Oh, Alright, fine, I guess I'll watch Vegito. I don't know. I'll... Sure. I, and, what and else then it is starts over, you gotta do the Saiyan Saga again, you gotta do the Frieza Saga again, you catch back up, but then you miss a week, and now you're lost again. Mm-hmm. And you're yeah. like, fuck, gotta God watch it all it. over. Maybe I can catch a marathon, I don't know. It's one of exactly. those. Exactly. But, so the, the beginning's like, and there was a nullifier, and it broke into pieces, and Dr. Irwin1138 hit it, but he had a creature called Prism, and Prism got on a time train to go find the pieces, as Josh Kirby, time traveler, got his bike evaporated by a robot man. <laughs> Named Dr. Zoetrope, and Dr. Do- Zoetrope is destroying the time stream, but maybe he's not, but maybe he wants a nullifier, but also we went to a planet, and... Or not a planet, because we just time-traveled. We went to time. We went yeah. to time, but apparently in the 16th century, dinosaurs existed? Um, well, no, they're dragons. They're, they're dragons. Uh, <laughs> uh, then it's like claymation dinosaurs biting each other, and then there's a princess. You're like, what the fuck is happening? So what, what we're did trying I miss? to say is, all of this is we're like, man, what the fuck is happening? And why is it all so rad? <laughs> it's so fucking cool. Because that's the other thing, is that all of this stuff is incredibly stupid, very dated, and hilarious and fun. It's so wild. It's great. Like, it's the clay, claymation yeah. dinosaur jousting. That is so fucking cool. Claymation dinosaur jousting. Just that alone fucking sells this so goddamn hard. The opening to this feels like they they mixed, like, Doctor Who, uh, what, Quantum Quantum Leap? Leap. Yeah, yeah, Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap. Leap. And then they also threw in some, like, 1950s claymation serials. Yes. Yes. It's got a lot of... It's inspired... it's inspired by a lot of things. There's a lot of Star Trek in it. Um, mm-hmm. In the first part of this, when they're on... Because Newsflash, like, most of this episode is actually them still doing dinosaur jousting. Um, it's apparently the end of the first movie. Sure. Yeah. The Them doing all of that feels incredibly D&D party. It's great, because they have a party of people yeah. already where they've got, like... They have the Doctor Irwin eleven thirty eight, thirty eight. Yeah, who's the wizard mm-hmm. who at during the big battle is like walking around with his power cane, his big like laser <laughs> cane, and he's just his like grandpa cane hobbling yeah. around and blasting people with a fucking gun. <laughs> so In we got the wizard. Dinosaur time. Yeah, yeah, we've got the wizard. And then we have the warrior, because they've got Xena warrior princess that they picked up somewhere. Somehow. Xena's here for some reason. Okay, go on. And then then we have have Josh, who's like the DM's younger brother. Well, you have like the DM's younger brother, and you also have the, like, (laughs) some other asshole. I don't even know who this would be. Somebody that everyone wants to kick out of the group, but like the DM really likes them. You have, yeah. like, the gnome bard of Prism, Spike Spiegel Prism. himself, which I cannot... That do. is wild. I didn't know that. That's no, fucking wild. This was, the, this was the dog that we found out was actually in the movie, which was Prism, who... I cannot tell you how haunting Prism looks. Uh, Prism looks like a troll doll that got ran over in the road. And was yes. sitting there for, like, three weeks in a mud pile. This is Sid from Toy Story's troll doll. After he's, like, yeah. thrown it in the barbecue and melted it a few times. Melted the face like, a bit. Yeah. yeah. And it, 
The worst part about it is every time the prism is on screen, everybody goes, oh, look at it. It's so cute. And it, like, it's cuts cute. this, like, <laughs> melty-faced troll And us like, as the audience go, oh, God, get it off screen. Jesus Christ, what is that? <laughs> There's monsters in the world. They live. That thing exists. <laughs> And it's funny that you say D D because after the wild intro of this is what you fucking missed last time, bet you feel bad about that, buddy. Mm-hmm. It, it starts with Josh talking to some Robin Hood alike. Yes, and and he gives him a sword. He's like, "Wow, a sword! This is very D and D. D and D. What is D and D? Oh, you know Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. Whoa. Yeah." <laughs> Like, they, they don't even wink at the camera. They outright say, this is just d and I don't know. <laughs> this is just what it is, yeah. I, I love that. So, like, uh, I actually have a note for 15 minutes into the recording. We have that intro. And then immediately, mm-hmm. like you said, Josh goes and talks to the Robin Hood alike. But the way that he does it, I wrote down. Because he has the, like, most bland introduction to the guy where he's walking around a ren fair essentially mm-hmm. in jeans and flannel because he's the most 90s ass kid that ever 90s and this he's like sire i see you're here and you're like like sire god it just the energy of it is so it's so incredible sire. It's Josh. Here's, I think is, is yeah what's something like that. Here's your sword, Josh. Oh, oh, okay, flannel kid. God, <laughs> sire, it's me, Josh. Uh, it's and at be- the same time, and again, none of this yeah, is bad. Ahead. This is all beautiful. This is this amazing. This is great. Yeah, this, this is, is great. great. But at the same time, Xena Warrior Princess got grabbed by the evil uh, king's brother. We find mm-hmm. out later, who's just evil man uh, with with. Long locks of flowing hair. Boy, is he ever. Yeah, he's dark, and dark, long, flowing locks, a goatee. Like He's constantly brooding with his feet up on the throne. I was going to say, yeah, he's, he's always laying with... Mildly like, annoyed. <laughs> he's doing the, like, even villain medieval man spread where they, like, throw a leg up over mm-hmm. one of the arms of the throne. That actor is fucking fantastic. <laughs> he's trying yeah. so hard. And, and he tells us that he's going to execute Zeta Warrior Princess tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And and his knights are like, why don't we just feed her to the dragon that we have? Our, our T-Rex claymation dragon outside. <laughs> they have a T-Rex. So good. Which is a good point. Why don't they just why feed Zeta Princess, Warrior Princess, to the claymation dragon? And our evil villain's like, well, then I don't get to gloat. What are you talking about? I'm I'm evil. Come on. Jesus. Please. I'm doing a bit here, guys. Don't make me fuck up my bit. But it it cuts from that scene to Xena in prison. Mm -hmm. And the Lord's concubine shows up, who is also her girlfriend. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. They, they just have, like... It's all subtext, but it is the thinnest of subtexts. There's instant sparks between them as they're, like, close, doing breathy, whispered conversation. Won't, won't you help me out of this prison? Well, I couldn't do that. I'm the Lord's concubine. Oh, but you could be my concubine if you go get my weapons. Oh, <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, let me do that. Time. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, oh, well, thank you. I'll see you in the morning, my love. <laughs> so fucking, God damn it. God. It, it's, it's absurd, the, the subtext here. It's, it's not even subtext. It's almost, like, straightforward. This is, this is what's happening. So she asks, uh, you know, this lady mm-hmm. to, to go help her out. And she won't get the weapons, but she will send a message to the robin hood like outside the king's brother mm-hmm. uh because that's not dangerous i guess i guess so she does that and as she shows up she's like does ever does anybody here know zeta warrior princess and josh is like i know zeta i watched her on television once <laughs> and also she's with us now 
I, re I really like her, but she doesn't seem to like me back, which is really bad for me, personally. It's bad for me, specifically. And, and then the oh. the lady's like, oh, uh, well, I, I found her. Oh my god, is she okay? Well, yeah, she's okay for now, but she's going to be executed in the morning. To which everybody goes, dang. Oh, man, dang. Oh, man. Oh. And then she goes, well, that's okay. Listen, I know that I couldn't help her get her weapons, but I will, in fact, sabotage the gates and throw down ladders for all of you to do an invasion. Mm-hmm. And, and the king... Seems like, more the, dangerous. That's a lot of, that's a lot of danger. Yeah. But the, the king Robin Hood guy is like, you know, we could just hold you for ransom and get what we want without you doing any of that, right? Because you're very close to the king. Like, oh, no, I'm just his concubine. Nobody cares about me. Dang. Oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> God, there is They're like so real... disappointed. Yeah, there's a couple of like, oh dang, man, that's sad. Dang, dang. that would have been a good plan. Dang, dang. <laughs> and this this all sounds terrible, but it's fucking good. <laughs> no, yeah, like this is unironically. It, it's very, it's very cheesy, and you have to be willing to put up with that. But what it's mm -hmm. do like it knows that it's cheesy and it's also not doing the like some there's a few ways to to do camp that work uh, and sometimes that yes. involves w nodding and winking at the camera right sometimes and sometimes like this one I think that it does the right thing in that it never does that in the slightest bit it is in universe it's all very serious, but they also this, know the writers know it's goofy. If that makes sense, it's very earnest. It it's yes. very earnest. Like it, it's not at all fucking Sharknado type of no. bullshit. No, nope. no, and they're not trying to be campy. They're trying to do something that's fun. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, they're just having fun with it. Yes. That, I think, I think that's what I mean. That I, I don't think they're trying to make something bad, though. Is what I'm saying. No. They're, they're just yes. trying no, to. No, not on purpose. Yeah. To enjoy themselves and have a good time and put that on camera. Yeah, they're just willing to be fun with it and make it for kids. Yeah. Like it's very much for kids too. Like it's for mm -hmm. like you know fourteen year olds. It's for fourteen year old boys specifically. Yes. <laughs> we'll get to that. Yes, but uh... so. The next day, the execution's getting ready. Xena's there uh, at the chopping block. And the the evil guy shows up. He's like, hi, Xena. You know I'm going to execute you. He's like, oh, no, you're going to execute me. Maybe you should come closer so I can tell you how, how bad I feel. Okay. And then she kicks him in the balls. <laughs> to which really he goes, are. oh, no. Oh, no. Ow. My tiny balls. My and boys. And he sits back down on the, th on the throne. With his feet up, he's like, "I don't care anymore. Execute her." Well, no he way. also does. He also does the like, "I don't, I don't, oh, I don't like." Yeah, they, they do yeah, that. My testicles. Yeah. Oh, my testicles. <laughs> but uh, and then there's a rescue scene, and I want to rewind just half a second to put this in context because just before this, Josh Kirby, Time Warrior, was being taught how to use a sword. Yes. In the loosest sense possible by Robin Hood man who says, wow, you're really good at this. You're a natural. But also, this is a kid's show, so don't kill anybody. You can, <laughs> you, you can just whack them with the flat of your blade and then that'll knock them out. To which we don't want you goring anyone. Yeah. yeah. Like... To which then immediately we get a rescue scene where the executioner is about to behead her and he murders him in cold fucking blood to save her. <laughs> With a like, giant fucking rock. Yeah. Yes. Like, and I mean, there is what, 45 seconds between these scenes? <laughs> like, yeah. No killing. No killing. No, he, he murders the executioner with a huge rock and a slingshot. And then immediately after, an arrow flies by and hits a guy in the chest and the heart, killing him instantly. Mm -hmm. And the whole time we're like, no killing. No killing. No not killing. Absolutely no killing. This is for children. Don't murder anybody. Just <laughs> smash that man's skull in with that, like, 10-pound fucking rock. He had a ballista for a slingshot. Holy he shit. He sure did. He sure did. So, they free Zeta, who picks up her lightning bolt-shaped kunai, like, size. 
God. I guess. I yeah. There's there's no audio description we can give for these things that will make them make any sense because looking at them, I guarantee if we showed you an image of these, you would never ever guess where you can put your hands. You'd never guess where you can hold them. It's because the whole thing's a blade. All yes. Of it. Yeah, it's just yeah. a blade. Yeah. And she she holds it on the blade side, cutting her hands the whole time while mm-hmm. stabbing. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. And they're and also weirdly weird. curved. Like, it's it's like the how the Klingon weapons get really absurd. But also, if you took away the handles. <laughs> so, like, yes. like you said, it's just blade. Oh, and- God. I'm imagining Blade showing up in this movie now. It would have been so much better. <laughs> that would have yeah. been a better turn halfway through. It would have been a better turn. So uh, after Xena Warrior Princess escapes the execution, as Josh nearly kills her by killing the executioner as he drops the, the axe near her head. Oh, yeah, yeah. It chops off some of her hair, yeah. Dumbass Josh. And... <laughs> uh, it's only the... so precise you can be with a 10-pound rock ballista. <laughs> That's true. But the Robin Hood guy comes in and uh, meets up with our evil villain, and we find out they're brothers. And they're like, yes, brother, I will I will murder you, because your father never loved you, even though he tried to love you. You never let him into your heart. Yeah, and, well, uh... fuck you, brother. Oh, brother. Brother. Oh, brother. <laughs> As they're both, like, brothering each other and flexing. There's a lot of and, brother in this. And, and they're like, yeah, brother, what about this? And, and he gets on a claymation T-Rex. He's like, yeah, well, I got my own claymation dinosaur. And he gets on a claymation triceratops. <laughs> yeah, they somehow, I guess in the last episode, one of the things they did was find him a dragon. Which is yeah. also, again, a dinosaur. I... Yeah. Yo. Yo. But sure. they, they get on top of these claymation dinosaurs and get a jousting stick. And they start uh-huh. jousting. And it's the coolest fucking thing. Yes, sure. It's it's very cool. But also, God, it looks horrible. <laughs> it looks so bad. But it's also incredible. It's both... It's incredible how good this thing is at being the best and worst at what it's doing at the same time. It's very well done. There's an Australian show called Danger 5. Yes. Where they do a lot of claymation and old-style serial jokes. And some of it feels like straight out of Danger 5. Mm Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Yeah, you couldn't parody this because it's already a parody of itself. But again, it, it never... It's not trying to. It's earnest. Which makes it better. Mm-hmm. It's really well done that way. And then, I guess we find out that Prism was caught by, uh, what's his name? Dr. Dr. Zoetrope. Zoetrope. Yes. Because after Prism escapes the Who has a gigantic cage, mech suit, by the way. He has a gigantic robot mech. He has yeah, a, he has a ro- robot great. mech time suit. Anyway, it fucking rules. Go ahead. But he knocks him out with like a rock. I guess, and escapes with a, a piece of Oh, he throws a jug down on him. The weird troll doll hits jug. him with a jug. Yes, yeah. And, and this is the first time we really see the troll outside of the intro, and it's, oh, it's the worst. It's, it's the worst. The, every single time it is the worst. So the, the claymation dinosaurs both get knocked out, and the brothers decide to just sword fight it out mm-hmm. in a cool sword fight. As all the other characters come running into the castle to attack, and we see the same twelve extras like run by multiple times to like be a different circle. extras. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they constantly do like the trick of uh, there's like a big open arch- archway, and you mm-hmm. only see like part of it, so you can see the people run through, and the the camera is really low, and they're running really fast, so you can't clearly uh-huh. see who's who. So you can tell that, like, I'm pretty sure they had them all running in a circle, like, through that door, and just, back, and then through just the same door. Just recorded a couple times, yeah. keep recording it, and it's like, oh, there's, like, 12 extras, but it looks like 50. <laughs> but you see the same, like, 10 people running by every yeah, time. And yeah. it's like, okay. But, yeah. but it's hard to tell because, like I said, it's, like, at the right angle, and it's a little, it's kind of a crowd. So it's, yeah, it's good. <laughs> Uh, the party also had an, uh, a rogue, 
oh. who was the guy who saves the concubine lady from being killed by a knight. Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, and and a drunken sure. monk. <laughs> yeah, it does. You get some Robin Hoodie people in this one, yep. for sure. But the, the drunken monk's great because he's sitting on the throne, like, drinking. And an arrow flies by near his head. He's like, oh, fuck, I was drunk. I, I thought the fight was over. What's happening? <laughs> and then this knight walks up. He's like, I'll kill you, you large man. I'm going to make fun of your weight. Which causes the drunken monk to start crying because he's being bullied. <laughs> and and the knight's like, hey, I didn't mean it, man. I'm, oh, I'm, man, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> Which is the perfect opportunity to punch him in the gut. And knock him out. He's like, yeah, you're dead now, knight. I got you. Nah, oh, come here, bud. We're ah, friends now. man. I can't Picks say him up, They hug, and then, like, that's the end of the battle. That is how they end the battle. <laughs> They're friends now, I guess. I don't... Yep. <laughs> what the... Uh, there was, like, a whole fucking character arc in that fight. <laughs> there's, like, a 30... Se- yeah, 30 seconds. There's, like, a whole love story between these two. I hope, they have a, I hope they make a great cabin out in the woods in this medieval dinosaur land. Yeah, we got Zeta and her lesbian roommate. Mm. The roommates. Uh, we have we have the, the rogue and the drunken monk were talking like they were dating, but now the drunken monk found this other knight and he's he's I gone off with him. They could be Polly. That's you can true. have both. You can have multiple I'm, roommates. You know it's okay. I'm happy for them. They're yeah, all I'm really, I'm really proud of them. And honestly, he improved. The guy, guy felt bad about making a fat phobic joke. He learned yeah. his lesson. Now, now you know, mm-hmm, corrective mm-hmm, action mm-hmm. was taken. Now he's all good. And, and then the Robin Hood and the evil guy, who I think is named Henry. Henry uh, and they William. Go up, yeah. Yeah, they go up on on the parapets of the wall yes. of the the castle and start. Sword fighting again, but our our Robin Hood, uh, William, drops his sword, which means Josh has to throw the shitty sword that he was given to sword fight with back mm-hmm. so he can fight with the cool sword. Yes. Which is and different. Yeah, they have that whole thing. And then, of course, there's the, I don't want to kill you, brother. Like, we, you know, brother. we should be fighting. And then, but his hubris and his greed and his anger makes him continue fighting because he's the bad one and that makes him fall off the parapet and then he dies ah tragedy Mm -hmm. but he dies and then william like after he's dead reaches out to grab his hand he's like oh yes yeah oh uh oops that was the reach of plausible deniability is what that was (laughs) that was the like Oh, oh no, wait, wait, wait. I tried so Oh no, hard. yeah, um, uh, yeah, no, sorry, I meant uh, he was my brother and I didn't want him to die. Oops, oh, I tried to see, I, you all saw it, I reached for him. It's like, a minute and a half fucking late. Yep. <laughs> and and we also, we did mention earlier that Erwin1138 walks up and starts blasting. Yes. Um, and during that whole fight, he does just walk up with a cane and start blasting and nobody comments on it. He's no, just no one gun. says anything. Yeah. <laughs> He is also doing it in the laziest fucking way possible. Like, he's, like, hobbling through and, like, shoots a guy and, like, ugh, shoots another guy. Oh, I got another one. Oh, my God. All right, all right. It's real good. Like, all right, remember, no killing. (laughs) No killing. Blam, 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 blam. So, so afterwards, William's like, all right, everybody who helped, every single person who helped me take back this castle is going to be knighted. And by that, I mean you three specifically. I'm well, only going to knight you three. So he knights Zeta, he knights Erwin11387, uh, uh, who he calls an incorrect name because reasons, I guess. I don't know. It was a joke. I mean, it, his name's Erwin1138 is, is a weird name. Uh, and but then he's he from, also like, the year seventy thousand or something. He knights Josh, and then nobody else gets knighted. He lied about knighting everybody. Eh, it's just gonna t- listen. We're on the clock. This is an hour and a half long, and we have we need to get to a human zoo in forty minutes. This in, first man. movie, yeah, this first movie took like an hour. I'm yes, not even kidding. Yeah, like, this took most of it for sure. Uh, but uh, so, Prism, are are munchy like. Mm-hmm. Uh, shows back up with a nullifier piece, but that was apparently the first nullifier piece they got in the first movie, and not the second one they need from the Dragon Knight dinosaur oh, night planet. Right. So they need to get the second nullifier, and and Prism tells them like, oh yeah, it's up that dinosaur's ass. 
Yep. Better reach in there. Yep. But they're, they're like, I'm not reaching in a dinosaur's ass. We'll do something way better. We'll make a dinosaur laxative to make it shit it out. And so then they they do the dinosaur shit. That's they sure do. They don't. It, they blessfully don't show that. Like they just cut cut away. They make a soup for it, and they show a claymation dinosaur eating a thing. And then they go. They cut to like. Well, uh, there we go. We've washed and cleaned it and washed and cleaned it and washed and cleaned it. And I'll never feel clean again, but it's... I'll never uh, feel clean again. It's there. <laughs> so they got the two pieces. And as they're leaving, Dr. Zoetrope shows up in his giant robot mech and starts blasting. Blam, 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 blam. But remember, no killing. This is no a movie killing. for teens. It's not like we can throw all kinds of horrible shit in there. Like slavery or Nazis that are friendly <laughs> or anything like that. We wouldn't listen. This is a you can't look, do killing or anything. Look, no killing, no, no killing. hard topics, nothing, no, nothing, on. no, no I, concubines or. But mm. as he's as he's blasting, he shoots Josh's time yeah. watch, which causes them to just spontaneously teleport to the future i guess i don't yeah i don't i don't know what happened we were just in the ren fair and then one second later we were not <laughs> there's some things that happen like that that i really feel like yeah. you're supposed to have watched chapter one to get because <sighs> it feels like it's trying to explain it would explain that better eventually do you know yeah. what i mean like i yeah, maybe but it's hard to know I, I, I think I forgot to mention this. At the beginning, when it does that long five minute, this is what happened last mm. time. It's like, and on today's episode of Josh Kirby, Time Warrior. And it cuts to the longest fucking Wilhelm scream. Oh, God. <laughs> in space. We'll put that up on our social media. Because that is the first scene it's, in this movie it's literally frame one of the film and it's like the worst green screen possible of some of the worst cg possible because it's 96 95 95 95 yeah and like it's just him screaming out the window of this time pod and it's incredible ah! It's Holy fantastic. Shit. But the reason I wanted to bring that up is because as they're teleporting again, every single time they teleport, Josh Kirby's oh! just like on a green screen. Like he's sitting in a chair, <laughs> but this chair's been green screened out and he's yes. floating in a circle, like doing a spin in space outside of the space pod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which every is really single weird. time. <laughs> Why well, is and he especially when they the keep pod? on saying that you can't you cannot exist outside of the space pod you have to be protected by like they're like oh you can't time travel organic matter you can only try and travel inorganic matter so it has to be all shielded and so then every time they cut to it they show that josh is in fact an inorganic non-living being because he is constantly being tossed into the fucking time stream so movie two <laughs> yes <laughs> movie two uh we're finally getting to the the title of this goddamn movie, which was we're not the Dinosaur Knights. <laughs> no, we're two thirds of the way through. This was the title was Human Pets. Human Pets. So our, the crew travels into the far future, the year seventy thousand and nineteen or something, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they get picked up by a giant alien baby who looks like a cenobite. I guess. With weird goggles, yeah. There's like a whole family of them. There, there's a platonic family of Cenobites, and I'm, I'm happy for them. They're all they're just giants. roommates. They're all just roommates. Don't worry about it. They're, they're giants, too. And they pick up our, our crew and then places them in, in the baby's toy box. Yeah. Which has a collection of humans from time. Now, if yeah, I was going to collect, I'm really a, surprised a... with all of how this turns out because yeah. I did not see how this was going to go into this. You son of a bitch! <laughs> so, if I was going to pick four humans from time, 
that a child would recognize in the year 1995. Uh, I would pick a cowboy, of uh, course. Uh huh. Uh huh. A cowboy, a barbarian. Sure. Yeah. 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 A Frenchman. You know, like a musketeer. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Specifically, they call yeah. it—they're kind of racist to the Frenchman right away because Josh, absolutely. Josh helps him up at one point and goes, "Sorry, D'Artagnan," and it's like, dude, he's just. It's just a fucking French guy. Leave him the fuck just alone. Just a French guy. Uh, and, of course, a Nazi. God damn it. God and, damn and, it. But the entire time they're playing, is it a Nazi or is it an adventurer? Or is it a World War One pilot? He's Which is world, it? He is a World War One fighter pilot. He is 100% a World War One fighter pilot. He's He's got, like, the Amelia Earhart, like, white mm-hmm. scarf. The, the cap, right? Like that leather pilot's cap. He has like a prop plane that is very obviously a World War One fighter with plane. With an iron cross on it. With yeah. Iron, with iron cross. With an iron That's a cross. German th- that is a German thing. That's not necessarily a Nazi and, thing. And he's and also credited get, as a... Yeah. <laughs> until you get to the credits, you're like, it could... There is deniability here. It, it was could very not be a Nazi. It's not even deniability. I was like, no, it's very clear. I, it was very clear he was a World War One fighting ace. Mm-hmm. Except for the problem of him being credited as a Nazi. <laughs> Except for the problem of him being credited as a World War Two fighter pilot, I, for unfucking foreseen reasons. I haven't been this betrayed by a, a Nazi <laughs> put into good light until. You know, since Jojo battle Part tendency. Two? Yeah. Um, I, I'd also like to mention that um, Josh Kirby incel mm-hmm, <laughs> starts mm-hmm. surfacing here. Too. This is, you know how in that first half of this podcast, we've been talking about this. And you might have noticed that as we were talking about how cool this was, there was like this weird tinge underneath of us kind of being like, well, uh, except here's here's the well because holy fuck does this take a nosedive because when they're on the time ship too before is it before they get sent or is it after that he has the conversation uh, with her? It's after because literally there's a frame before like they get in the ship. There's a frame that happens and then they're in the next area. There's no transition. Yeah, I guess. It, so it, it has, has to be, be fairly, after. Yeah, it, I have it done as... I did write down a note, though, of his backstory, because there was one very funny part of it. And it's at an hour three. So there's 40 minutes left. So it, they they have a converse... It's, yeah. Oh, no, it's right, because when they're trapped in... It's not when they're in the time stream. It's, it's when it's they're trapped they're, in the cage. They're on the set, which is a cage, that yes. looks like a, a play stage. Yes, it's when they get And, and that's okay. when they have the conversation. It's because this part of the show, The mm-hmm. Human Pets, is the after-school special. It's the after-school yes. special where they need to start talking about the real topics. Now that they've roped you in with <sighs> claymation dinosaur knights jousting. Mm-hmm. Now they can try to sneak in their, their morals and now, what they're now trying that, to teach yeah. you. Now, now that we've shown our chops for good story writing with our time traveling band of heroes and a dinosaur knights and the lady concubine and stuff let's dump into racism and sexism friends we've got the chops for that right (laughs) by way of 14 year old the scene you're talking about happens right after the giant centibite child tries to get them to kill each other for sport I'm real. I, yeah, I was realizing yes. that now. Yeah, yeah. Yes, because because he the the child puts out a bunch of weapons and drops the village people down in front of, in front of our our crew, and then he's like, "Now kill," and then they yeah. start shooting at each other and stabbing, and and he throws the barbarian at the wall, splatting him against the fucking wall. Yeah, the barbarian's yeah. the only one thinking straight and is like, "Uh, let's fight our captor, and, guys." And then after they fight. And they get put back in the cage, mm-hmm. and they're like, we should work together to escape. That's when Josh has the conversation with Zeta, and and she's like, oh. you know, I always, I'm from a planet where they, they made us fight, and they put us into slavery, and it's all because we're different, because I'm a, a half-human, you know, I'm, I'm a mixed-race 
person who has kind of funky ears and sure. nobody would ever stand my problems as a mixed race slave who spent was her entire life fighting in fighting. battle arenas uh, and, to which and we get a, a slave yeah, and, and then we get a flashback from Josh saying, no, I perfectly understand you. And here's as, why. <laughs> as a middle school white kid who was very slightly bullied, I have a perfect understanding of this situation. <laughs> Let me see, weigh in. I creeped on a lady in class who I liked, and she said she didn't want to date me. So I fully understand your situation that is in, in racism. That is literally... You are. You think this is a joke, but that is a hundred percent how it opens. <laughs> Pure humans think me and my people are freaks, twisted, weird. Look, some people think I'm weird too. Really? Sure, but that's their problem. I admit I used to worry about this a lot. Especially in Mrs. Mandelbaum's social studies class. You see, there was this girl, Beth. Every time I tried to make eye contact with her, she'd turn and look at me like I was some sort of disease. She was friendly to everybody, except yours truly. And she was beautiful. <laughs> that, that's it. Boyd's nailed it. That's, that, that's the beginning of the after-school special about solving racism. <laughs> you know, I get slavery. I was turned down by a girl once, and that is the worst thing that could ever happen to anyone. And, and Zena's like, oh my god, you're so hot and right. Yup. Yeah. Yup. Yup. Oh man, I've never been more attracted to you than right now. I love you, small child, me, 20-year-old woman. <sighs> yeah, that's oh. a thing too. That's a oh boy! Thing too. Oh boy! Uh, that that is gross. It's also like marketed towards fourteen-year-old boys. Um, yeah, I understand I mean, what they're doing. It's the '80s thing with like weird science and all that other garbage. But hey, listen. As a fourteen-year-old boy, he shouldn't be weighing in on racism and stuff like that. We as 36-year-old white men absolutely <laughs> should, listen should to us share expertise. As, yeah. as white so guys in our 30s. It, yeah. But, but also... With it's, a podcast. It's, it's bad. I will share one thing, though, uh, that I found very, very funny from that flashback, which mm -hmm. is one of his examples. He's like, I got picked on by people, which is... It's always funny when they choose kids to be picked on in shows in the 90s and it's mm -hmm. always like this hot daring protagonist who's like super popular and like good looking and athletic and strong and like all these things super smart and it's like yeah these are the kids bullied uh-huh but uh-huh they the bully grabs him and he's like hey man do you even know my name he's like yeah you're duke he's like yeah duke dunkington don't you forget it <laughs> Don't you fucking forget my name, Duke Dunkington. Don't you know who I am? Duke. Duke Dunkington. And I'm like, dude, I will never forget you, Duke Dunkington. <laughs> Duke Dunkington, you will live in my heart for eternity. You're good, so, man. They're <laughs> trying to get... They're, they're trying to get to their time pod, mm -hmm. as well as the Nazi's plane. So that they can escape. He's not a Nazi. He's not but a he's Nazi. Credited as a but he's Nazi. also credited as a Nazi. I know. I know. Uh, yeah. He, that's what he is. Unfortunate. God damn it. God so damn they, it. they need to climb up to the table. It was such that, an easy problem to avoid. They, they could have just, just not, not done this. Credited him. They could have just... All they had to do, literally the only thing they had to do was not credit him as a World War II ace. They needed to drop an I. They needed to drop a capital I at the end of it. Anyway, I'm done. All right, I'm done. But they I'm didn't. I'm, done. I'm over. But no, they, they didn't. didn't. They, but they didn't. So so they need to climb up this this uh, table that has their stuff on it because the, the Cenobite kid put the toys away. Mm. And 
they see a giant pair of underwear to which Xena's like, I'll make a rope out of it, like a prison rope. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Josh is like, oh, that's fucking gross. It's well, baby's anyway. underwear. Anyway, let's just yeah, let's it. do it. And and the reason that they know the toys are up on the table isn't because they looked, by the way. It's because Josh tells Irwin1138, I was a kid once. I understand toddlers and how, what they do with toys. <laughs> yes. I'm smarter than you, the second smartest man from the 25th century, because I was a child once. Unlike you a human being from the future who was never mm-hmm. a child no no there's no childhoods in the 25th century they're all test tube babies so so they make a prison rope out of this underwear <laughs> by cutting it into strips mm-hmm. and, and then you do. and then we think the cowboy of the village people is gonna like lasso the thing and throw it up uh, on top of the, in the air, I guess, onto sure, the table, but... and like that would make more sense. It's a fucking cowboy. Oh, yes. Yeah, but but instead, instead, oh, Prism grabs suddenly grabs Josh by the legs and flies him up to the top with the rope in his hand, thus so solving the problem. Solving <laughs> the problem, and, and then Josh ties the rope to the German Nazi plane. The oh, which. By the way, the time pod, so there are two things on the, there are a couple things up on this, uh, like, toy box. Mm-hmm. There's the Nazi plane, and there's their time pod. Time pod travels through time, so it has, like, a jet engine and no wheels. No wheels to move it, yeah. And the plane has wheels. So it rolls, Yeah. So it rolls. And that's what Josh ties it to. This is why he got bullied in school. I'm on Duke yep. Dunkington's side. That... I Josh but... has really come down in my opinion. I'm I'm with I'm Team Duke. I stand Duke Dunkington. <laughs> they don't need the rope at all. Prism could just fly them all up there, but he's a little they... shit. That also, yeah, they how they instantly solve the problem by Prism just flying them up. And nobody had mentioned it before, and nobody mentions it when it happens. Nobody's like... Again, no. Wow, he could just fly us all... No, nothing. Just... All right, tie the rope now, Josh. And you're like, wait, was this their plan the whole time? Because... I guess. Yeah, I guess. Like, it's it's got big energy of somebody, like, uh, going through, like, a window... To unlock a door kind of thing, but the door's already unlocked. It's already unlocked. Inside, and they're like, but they still have to do it anyway, and everybody's like, why are we... <laughs> it's, it's deus ex machina prism, is what it is. Yeah. Like, but So they all climb up after some tension of the plane almost falling because of wheels, because Josh is a big, stupid idiot. Mm-hmm. And then as they get up, they, they find out that the German Nazi plane's engines broke. And also there's a cool mountain bike, which leads us to another flashback about Josh talking about his drunk dad, who's disappointed he didn't go to Yale. Yeah. And Harvard at the same time. Well, this plane thing is not ex- inspiring confidence that you get into Yale or Harvard. <laughs> Yale or Harvard, I guess. My friend. Uh, but this the whole reason that this happens is that he has an excuse to talk about bikes. And how the only escape he got from his home life was riding a bike around for adventure. Which which he then encourages Zeta Warrior Princess to learn how to ride a mountain bike, I guess. Uh, Should we be escaping? No, they're just riding a bike around. Oh, okay. I guess. I don't... Anyways, Josh decides to do so some, some cool tricks on the mountain bike after the Cenobite baby wakes up. To distract it. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, while at the same time, uh, Irwin1138 shoots his laser cane at the engine of the Nazi plane to give it superpower engine. Yeah. It, which it I don't know if I want to give the fuel. Nazis a superpowered fucking plane now that I'm thinking about it. God damn it. Why? Why is he in the... <laughs> so, the other thing is that... And then as Josh is distracting the baby... The big baby uh, 
he makes it trip and fall by like mm-hmm. running it into a chair, like, like a chair, kind of tricking it, mm-hmm. and it and it trips and falls and starts crying, and he and it pounds the ground, which shakes the ground and makes him fall over. And I wanted to mention this because he immediately pulls out when the baby falls and he falls off the bike. He whips out Zena's uh, shivs and is like, "All right." Time to stab it. Time. Yeah, time Time to to, stab that baby. Time to stab this baby. (laughs) Like, whoa, Josh. Whoa. Whoa, Whoa, bro. Back the fuck up, Josh. Thankfully, the Cenobite bomb shows up and pulls the baby away. Because he was was crying. uh, I guess. And at that point, they... Josh notices a, a giant red robot of Dr. Zoetrope mm-hmm. tied to the chair. And he's like, hey, Dr. Zoetrope, how'd you get here? None of your fucking Why business, are you in Josh. Why <laughs> uh, you can't ask about this. Ropes. This is a movie for kids. We're not, yeah. We don't have any Nazis or violence. I'm and, not tied up here for any kink shit. Don't worry yeah. about it. And then Dr. Zoetrope's like, hey, if you remove all these ropes, I'll give you power beyond any comprehension. Like, eh, no, I don't really need power. But I'll untie you anyways. Yeah, the uh, main villain, okay. trapped here uh, forever. Let's you're not you. a threat to me when you're tied up, but I'll untie you. And then Dr. Zoetrope's, yeah, well, you know what is a threat? How about a giant spider from the year 70,000 AD? Ha <laughs> you kidder, you. You always were a kidder. And then, oh, oh no, there's a giant mutant spider underneath giant, the table. Oh, and that's oh, what's no. tied up, Dr. Zoetrope. And you know how they solved that? They just fucking blast Science Gandalf from like 150 feet away sights in his power cane scope and just fucking wrecks that shit. And so they, they kill the spider within 20 seconds of introducing the spider. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it hard cuts, hard cuts to Dr. Zoetrope being tied to the top of the pod like luggage. Yes. <laughs> Well, our pod can only hold three people. Throw them on the fucking roof rack, Yeah, baby. throw them on top. Who cares? And and then it also shows Prism, our evil, ugly troll, who is a good guy, probably. I don't know. He's cute. Not at all. Oh, God. Uh, but a, a red laser comes out of Dr. Zoetrope's robot into the brain of Prism, them. turning him evil. Yes. I guess. And, I and guess. then the Nazi tells everybody that, oh, by the way, we, we had a democratic vote and we're going to stay here just annoying these giant Cenobites with our plane that you superpowered. And if we find anyone else, we'll start our gang in the future. <laughs> we're going to make a whole civilization out of this, I guess. I guess. That's our that's what we do now. I guess. The second half is such a downgrade from the first. <laughs> the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> So, so they leave with Dr. Zoetrope, uh, Zoetrope tied to the top of their pod. And then Prism goes wild with his evil red eyes and releases Dr. Zoetrope, pressing a button. Uh, and also opens the door to the pod. Which you to can't do. To out into the vacuum of the time stream and kill them. Yeah, if you ever leave the pod, you die in the time stream. Except Prism's for Josh Kirby. Prism's an ice-cold motherfucker, honestly. <laughs> yes, yes. And and then there was a whole thing about Zena being saved by Josh, so now she's indebted to him as a concubine or something. I don't know what the fuck they were getting yeah. at with that. But but then she saves his life, and he like really pervertedly asked her to touch him. Yes. Oh, I'm and injured. Please go lower. It's really gross. Like what? Again, uh, Josh downgrades uh, a whole fuck ton during this part. I really it, wanted for her yeah. to be like when she, because there's this big extended sequence of him being sucked out of the pod and her like reaching for his hand to try and save him, and it's super super long. And eventually, she just goes, "Wait, what if I just close the door? <laughs> what if I just throw my kunai at the door what button? If, what, what if I just hit the door button and close it?" But yeah. I was waiting for her to, like, grab him by the hand and save him and be like, okay, I'm no longer indebted to you. Your story about being bullied in school's bullshit. It's Go the dumb. fuck to hell. I, <laughs> I'm only here because I was indebted to you. No, peace, fucker. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. back out of the That would have been better. Uh, but 
so one thing that she keeps saying is the 21, like, codes of whatever. Uh, Kang? Kang, which are sayings that keep popping up. Yes. And, and the one she uses here is anything too cute can't be trusted, implying that Prism is cute. There's and a there's lot a whole of, list again, of them. Everybody keeps on saying nothing. Yeah, everybody keeps on talking about how cute Prism is. And yeah. I cannot stress enough how untrue this is. And he is in a diaper. Yeah. He's a in weird a diaper. diaper baby. It's, like, it's a got, diaper troll. He has a diaper and a crop top. And like, <laughs> I just, oh God, it is, again, haunting. I'll put it all up yeah. on our stuff. It's, it makes you wish Munchie was back. Is what it does. Oh, oh God. Yeah. No, he makes yeah. the Munchie doll look incredibly well and, done. Anyways, the episode ends. Sorry, the movie ends. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, next time on Josh Kirby Time Warrior. And it's the <laughs> wildest fucking shit I've ever seen. Holy shit. It is the riverboat scene from Willy Wonka mixed with Wizard of Oz. It's, it's like some... a. A giant paper mache jester head in space flying towards them. They get thrown into a planet of of clowns and bears and toys. Oh, God. And yeah, we were watching it when we were watching it kind of like zoned out because of how mediocre the last like thirty mm-hmm. minutes had been. Like it wasn't the worst thing ever, but considering how good the first part was, it just really downgraded a lot. And we're like. Uh, man, I'm kind of sad about this. And then it goes, next time. And it hard cuts to, like, just, like, C- bad 90s CGI jester head, like, laughing through the time stream, like, trying to eat Josh. And it's we're like, completely nonsensical bullshit. Okay, I love it. wait, hold up. I'm back in. I'm back in. <laughs> it's like at the beginning when they did the claymation dinosaur. It's like, what the fuck is this show? Holy shit, fuck, damn, I didn't realize it was going to go I, this hard. So, yeah. b- there's, it feels like these movies are like an hour of the coolest shit you've ever seen, and then 30 minutes of, of after-school special that did not need to That's be there. That's probably what it's going to be, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I kind of want to know what happened in the next one because of that trailer, but it can't be that good, can it? Like, They're going to try and put in like moral lessons, but as we noticed... Considering that they didn't know not to put a Nazi in as their friend, maybe yeah. they should not be doing that. Maybe, maybe they maybe, shouldn't. Maybe they should leave that to a different writing team and yeah. concentrate on weird clown Pippi Longstocking and her CGI jester friend hopping through I, the time stream and going to the Nightmare Forest. A thing that they mention for yes. the next episode, which I need to see <laughs> desperately. And... and it's hard to describe the visuals of this, too, because it's, like, clowns and uh-huh. everything else. But there's also, like, a guy in an egg suit, which are like, oh, that's just Humpty Dumpty. No, this is an egg on top of, like, one of those little egg stands that you would get for breakfast in an yes. English breakfast. And that's the egg guy. You're like, what the fuck is that? Everything in this was The ending of this looks so much wilder even than the Dino Knight stuff. Like, by yes. a lot. By a lot. <laughs> it, it gets so much weirder. But I... That, that's I that's Josh Kirby, I guess. Yeah, I, I, that's Josh Kirby. I, if they cut out the whole reason why I watched this episode, the human pets, mm-hmm. this would have been perfect. It would have just been a perfect thing. I think we need to rate the the dog. The prism. We've got to rate prism. We've got to rate prism. So prism is like an ET doll, basically. It's a it's a static doll that they've attached fishing lines to, and you could see (laughs) the fishing lines as it's moving. Sometimes it's claymation, but also that too. Yeah. There's some very, very good moments. One of them that you pointed out, you were you had to rewind to show it to me again, was when they fell out of the time pod into the alien world. Oh, yeah. They just have, like, it's all of the human actors falling out, and then, like, somebody, like, throws a prism doll oh, out on top of them, and yeah. it's just, like, and it's just a solid doll. Like, it's plastic. <laughs> so it's, like, a plastic baby for toddlers kind of thing like falling with all these human actors and it's the best it's, it's so a real good. bad prop it's a real bad prop 
But every time it's on screen, you're like, oh, Jesus, fuck. Or you're like, oh, that's just a doll they threw at the characters. (laughs) Or they they taped it to their legs so that when they jumped, it looked like it was moving with it. Or, like... It's so stiff. And when it's not that, then it's like a, a superimposed, you know, red light effect like you would see in the the old dune movie mm-hmm. like that type of of uh editing yeah and... they they mat it out and it's it's very god it really looks a lot of the time like it's 90s green screen like it almost looks like sometimes where you're like oh they you can still almost see the background or like edges of the doll are kind of Mm -hmm. missing because like it's really really fuzzy and bad because they can't quite cleanly cut it out of whatever they were green screening it on yeah i would say prism is an evil bastard who made them laxative a dinosaur and can teleport and fly but just chooses not to uh and also betrays them at the end so Prism is like a zero out of ten dog for me. I do not like Prism at all. I have no idea how to put a number quotient on this. But like I said, that thing is real. There are monsters in the world. I hate everything about Prism. He's the worst boy that we've ever done on this. And I'm including Uh Chevy Chase. This thing is a horror beyond man's comprehension. And I... Do not ever want to see it again. Also, we need to watch the rest of these. So I'm We need to watch the rest screwed. of these, so I need to see more of them. Uh, so you would rate it a voiced by Steve Bloom out of 10. Yes. <laughs> Which is fucking wild. I'm so sorry, Steve Bloom, that you had to be worse than Chevy Chase. You don't deserve and, that. But also, god damn then, this thing. The reason we were going to do this was the human pets. So, like, in theory, we, we could rate Josh Kirby, but he's a fucking so. weirdo pervert, so I don't... I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't, I don't think want I want to. to. I'm out. I'm um, out of that one. What, one thing I didn't notice, or I didn't mention until recently, uh, the film studio that made this is the same film studio that did the Puppet Master series. And it was split into two studios. One studio did huh. family-friendly content, which is the, the side that did the Josh Kirby Time Traveler. Okay. Or Time Warrior. And the other side did softcore sci-fi movies <laughs> and horror. Oh my god. So that's where all the weird claymation and puppetry and stuff come from. It, it's from sure. the Puppet Master folks that do all that weird shit. Huh. Yeah, because it's Moonbeam Entertainment yes. is the company. Yeah. And their story is wild. The stuff they or, make. So Yeah. So it makes Mm -hmm. sense that this is so fucking weird and bizarre, but it has, like, earnest heart to a lot of it uh, until the Human Pets episode. Yeah, I think that that's part of it, is it feels like they had a lot of fun and were making an earnest thing that they enjoyed during the Dino Mm Night stuff. And then when they get down to being like, wait, we should moralize a little bit nobody's heart is in it and so it's out yeah it feels like because it it doesn't come across as like i would say that the politics of what we were talking about is awful right but at the same time it's done in such a way that like they don't believe it no like it's it's so half-assed it's yeah. yeah. It's it's so obviously like I don't know. Just make up some random bullshit. I don't know. He was bullied. Fuck it. Like it's yeah. It's how very... are we gonna talk about racism to kids? I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, like it. It's done. It's not done. Like they actually believe that kind of thing. As shitty as it is for like this white kid that was very mildly bullied to say, oh, this qualifies me. It's. It's so throwaway that it it's not even rating anything. It's really pathetic. It sucks. But it does explain the skeeviness. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like, it, it, it probably informs some of the writers, unfortunately, on some of that. But like I said, it, stick to... Stick to the fun stuff, guys. Because, man, they're bad at that. And they obviously just don't care about it. Like, it's not something they put any thought or care into is part of and, the problem. And I need to see what happens next. I really need to see what happens next. 
I don't know if we can keep doing it. I want to do these on Rough Cuts, but they're not bad. I don't know what to do with these because, man, these are neat. I, I kind of want to watch these. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think that we're done with the episode. So thanks, everybody, for showing up. Uh, we've gotten really close now to 30,000 downloads, so we really appreciate that. God, we've been doing this for, has it been three years? Has it been more than three years? I think Did we start this in 2019? I think four. Jesus. Yeah, four years. Well, I, I appreciate we're closing in on 150 episodes. We've done a lot of these. Uh, thank you all so much for being here for so long. I'm going to put up a bunch of the images that we were talking about in the episode on all of our social media. You can find that. Uh, we're on Twitter, on co-hosts, or you can email us, roughcutscast at gmail.com. Uh, we're also Rough Cuts Cast on Twitter, and we are just Rough Cuts, R-U-F-F, mm -hmm. on co-host. I think I'm good. I think you're good. Uh, I did notice that they're starting to sell tickets to the Ren Fair out here, so I think I might go if they got, if they got dinosaur jousting. I think I'm in. You know? Like, that sounds great. Only, I'll come, but how do you think they'll feel about my power cane and laser blaster? As long as you're wearing flannel, I think they'll be okay, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, that, that's period, that's the if trick. I, if I have period appropriate, if you're period appropriate clothing, it'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll I'll set that up. <laughs> All right. I this whole thing. My Hilda is the finest fighter plane on the entire Western Front. Okay. Wait. Wait. Mm. Hold up. Mm. Uh, no, it's World War One. It's World War One. It's World War One. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> this show keeps playing Izzy, Izzy, not Nazi, and I don't like that. Think I about how much this one flip flopped. Oh, I mean that one will be great. The next one that they show after will suck. Oh wait, hold on, hold on. Oh no! It can't be no, no. I just, I just listen. Hey, that's a that's Nazi. Not a, that's not a World War Two plane. It's yeah, not but, a World War Two plane. But we're close. But but they did call him World War World War Two flight. That uh, is a Nazi. Uh, <laughs> why would they put that there? Say World War One. Nope, nope, that's a Nazi. Why? That is absolutely a Nazi. <laughs>